Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Damian Woody will join me in a minute on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Busy as a morning could possibly be today with tons of news left and right. Lewis Riddick interviewing for general manager jobs. I just talked about it here. I'm thrilled about it. Coming up a little later, I'll tell you why one of my favorite sports yesterday turned into the Westminster Kennel Dog Show. Question of the day today is a good one. Which of the four teams on the outside might be the next one to get in? In college football, you can go to my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny, and you can cast your vote on that. So lots to get to here in this hour. But right now, my buddy Damian Woody is with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We'll talk football, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Hello again, Damian Woody. Greeny, hello. Hopefully there's not a delay in this uh, interview process. <laughs> <laughs> so, so D. D. Wood, uh, on Get Up this morning, uh, all these guys are doing the show from their house. I mean, everyone is trying so hard. The staff is working so hard. Doing a television show like ours every single day with everyone scattered all over the place is so hard. And, and any of anyone who's been watching TV during the pandemic and you've seen everyone trying to do this, you see sometimes there's a delay between the time the host will ask a question and the, the guest will answer the question. It's just part of it, and it, it's not the end of the world. But D Wood, yours today was was rather pronounced to the point that I felt we need, <laughs> we needed. I could have eaten a sandwich between the time I finished my question and you started your answer. So I felt the need to make a joke about it, and I thought it went very well. Oh, it was! It was fantastic, man! Fantastic. All right, so a lot of things I want to get to with you here, and let me start with this one because Dominique Foxworth put this thought in my head towards the end of the show, and let me let me put the question to you this way. The NFC East has been a very bad division, but there are four heritage franchises that are all interesting in their own way. We see all the ups and downs with the Cowboys. They are always like a soap opera. The Eagles have this crazy situation at quarterback. The Giants have put together a a very respectable second half and has shown you some signs. And the Washington football team, Dominique, said today he believes that their Super Bowl window opens next year. So here's the question I will ask you. Of the four teams in that division, which is the next one to be great? Which, which is the next NFC East team that will be one of the real powerhouse teams in the conference? Ooh, you know, I'm going to have to go with the Washington football team, Greeny. And I, I look at, you know, there's a couple things that I look at. Number one, I look at, you know, the head coach. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera is, is, a, is a well-respected coach in the, in the National Football League. Done a tremendous, done tremendous work down there with the Carolina Panthers. And, Obviously, he's jumped over to the Washington football team and really stabilized that organization from everything that's going on in this past. That's number one. Number two, when you look at this team and how it's constructed, I mean, this is a team that has a lot of talent, particularly on the defensive side of football. On their defensive line, they have four first-round picks on that defensive line alone, uh, led by Chase Young and company. So they, when you when you talk about winning football games, you got to win football games in the trenches. You got to have athletes. The Washington Redskins have that. And I think the last component for the Washington football team is figuring out the quarterback situation. Alex Smith has been, has been, listen, this whole, he's definitely the comeback player of the year. The fact that he's playing football games is just unbelievable in my mind. But if you're looking long term, trying to put this franchise over the top, 
addressing that position, to me, has got to be paramount for the Washington football team. I agree. And if they get that decision right, then I agree with you and I agree with Nick that I think that they could be a sneaky, interesting Super Bowl contender as soon as next year. All right, D-Wood, next order of business. If you were advising Sean Payton, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, as he gets set to go up against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes this weekend, would you advise him to start Jameis Winston at quarterback instead of uh, Taysom Hill? I would, Greeny. I would. I just, uh, you know, again, for me, I don't think you can game manage your way to winning against the Kansas City Chiefs. Taysom Hill, he, we talked about him all the time as being the Swiss Army knife because he's, he, he's a very talented guy. He can do a lot of different things. But when you're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, possessions are paramount, and not only possessions, but scoring. And you primarily score through the passing game. And that's the one area of weakness that I see with the, with the um, New Orleans Saints right now. It's just the lack of explosiveness in the passing game, the lack of scoring, uh, you know, scoring points via the passing game. And when you're going against Patrick Mahomes, they put a lot of pressure on you, particularly offensively. We know with Jameis Winston, he's the ultimate roller coaster type of uh, quarterback. He's boom or bust. One week he might throw four touchdowns. Another week he might throw three pick sixes. But – at least he's going to give you the viable option in the passing game to be explosive. So if I'm Sean Payton, I, I, I got to look at that very hard. I agree. Greeny and D Wood with me here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I, I, I was surprised they didn't go to him in the first place. I don't know exactly what that tells us about what Payton thinks of him, but I'll be interested to watch how that plays out as this week goes on. Uh, D Wood, as, as you are with me here, your name pops up on the screen on ESPN Plus, and it says two-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. You won those rings playing with Tom Brady. Do you believe... Tom Brady has a chance to win the Super Bowl this season in Tampa. I'm skeptical, Greeny. I'm skeptical because I don't know what their identity is. Usually usually when you talk about teams, particularly this time of year, you're able to hang your hat on something, a defense, a running game, something. But when I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have a lot of big names. There's no question about it. But what do you what do they really hang their hat on? We know that Bruce Arians talked about, oh, we can do a lot of different things. Yeah, that sounds cool, but at this time of year, if you can't if you don't have an identity and be able to hang your hat on something, I, I just tend to believe you can't truly be a contender, especially when you're talking about the Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers, the New Orleans, I think New Orleans Saints when they eventually get Drew Drew Brees back. I just don't – I can't put you on that level as, as a viable contender in the NFC. I agree. And I, I think it's a disappointment. I, I expected it to come together a little more quickly. I mean, there's a legitimate excuse to be had in how little time they've had and the extraordinary circumstances of the pandemic to try and put all these pieces together. And maybe next year they make a run, but I, I thought they would be better. Uh, D. Wood, one more. You were very passionate this morning on TV – in your belief that it is time for the Dallas Cowboys to blow everything up. Why is that? Well, listen, the, we, we lamented, talked about Jason Garrett for years with the Dallas Cowboys, how he wasn't able to get them over the top. So we bring in Mike McCarthy, who's, you know, Super Bowl winning head coach with the Green Bay Packers and, you know, supposed to be this offensive-minded guy. And when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they are – 
even before before Dak got hurt, they were no closer to you know being a top team in the NFC than at any point in Jason Garrett's tenure with the Dallas Cowboys. The team has drastically regressed on the defensive side of the football. And Greeny, with with Dak Prescott gone, and I get it, I understand that Dak Prescott is one of the one of the better quarterbacks that we have in this league. But with him gone, they have had the worst offense, thirty second in the league since 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 he was uh, since he's been injured. I mean, how can you be worse than the Jets <laughs> offensively if you're Mike if you're a Mike McCarthy you know team? That's your forte. To me, that is inexcusable. If you're the, if you're Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys, so we will see. Maybe they do wind up making the big move. Jerry says it isn't going to be the coach. We'll see if they do wind up making major changes or if they just try to run it back. Damian Woody, it is always a pleasure. Thank you so much, my friend. I will see you in the next few days. Thanks a lot, Greeny. All right, D Wood with me here on ESPN Radio. Next order of business. I insist we talk about this column from Rich Semini that I found on Twitter today, but of course it is on ESPN. Uh, plus and on ESPN.com. And Greeny Insists is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. The column basically asks the question, is Trevor Lawrence about to pull a Manning? And he brings up, he begins by pointing out all of the history between Trevor Lawrence, the young superstar quarterback at Clemson, everyone's idea of the best quarterback in this draft and one of the best quarterback prospects ever, and the longstanding relationship he has with the Manning family. Trevor Lawrence grew up, he wears number 16 because of Peyton. He, his favorite program, his favorite college team when he was a kid was Tennessee, which is where Peyton went. He wears 16 because that's what number Peyton wore. He went to the, the Manning Passing Academy, so he spent time around Peyton and Eli and Archie, with whom he apparently still texts every now and again. Again, all of this is in Rich Samini's column, and I will point out I posted it at Make It Easy for You to Find. If you want, on my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, you will find Samini's column. And he brings up what the two Manning sons did. And I want to give everyone a quick history lesson on this in case you're not aware of it. Archie Manning, coming out of college at Ole Miss, back in the late 60s, early 70s, something like that, was a great player, a great player. And I believe the second pick in the draft, a super high draft pick. And everyone thought was going to be a great NFL player. And he got drafted onto a terrible team and they stayed terrible forever. And it basically took him from being what I think he thought he could have been and maybe could have been, which is an all-time great player. And he is generally not remembered. He's now known for the most part as Peyton and Eli's dad. He was a great player in college and could have been, he thinks, and I think most people think, a great NFL player. And his career was kind of derailed by having been on a terrible team, terrible teams for years in New Orleans, all those awful teams in New Orleans when that was when the fans were wearing the bags on their heads and everything else. So he, through that expertise, guided both of his sons through decisions that really altered the National Football League. The first of them was Peyton, who could easily have come out of college with one year remaining of eligibility that year, the New York Jets had the first pick in the draft. They were 1-15. They were just terrible. And Peyton Manning opted to go back to school. And the Jets wound up trading the pick, but that's neither here nor there. If a different front program, if a different team in the NFL had that pick, I believe history would have been rewritten. I think Peyton would have come out. Instead, he went back to college. It obviously worked out just fine for him. 
Eli, a few years later, you will recall, the San Diego Chargers had the first pick in the draft. The Manning family didn't want him to go play in San Diego. They engineered what turned out to be a draft day trade for Phillip Rivers. Eli wound up actually getting drafted by the Chargers and then traded that day, a couple hours later, for Phillip Rivers. And thus, Rivers wound up with the Chargers and Eli with the Giants, and it worked out well for him. Eli won two championships as a member of the Giants. So the question that Samini brings up is, will Trevor Lawrence pull one of those two? Will he go back to school like Peyton did, which he can do? Will he exert pressure in the way Eli did to try and extricate himself from the situation with the Jets? And I will merely say, like most geniuses, I will not be fully appreciated until long after my time. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. The genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Because I told you on October 2nd, this was going to happen. I went the day after the Jets played a Thursday night game against Denver. They lost. They looked just terrible. They committed stupid penalties. It was evident to me in the first half of week one they were going to be the worst team in the NFL. But I went on. They lose that Thursday night. I come into work on Friday morning, and I get told, yeah, Keyshawn and Jay Will and Zubin want you on the radio show before you do get up. I come on. And I said that day, October 2nd, I said, just watch Trevor Lawrence try and engineer his way out of going to the Jets. And so now there is a column. So people, everyone is running around asking me, Greeny, what is your reaction to Samini's column? My reaction is very simple. I told you two and a half months ago it was going to happen. It was nothing has ever been more obvious than this. And do I expect it to happen? Yes, I do. I told you then it would happen. So just keep an eye on that. It is awfully depressing, (laughs) but it is the reality of the situation. And if you want to read the column, it's really good. It's well done. Again, I posted it at the top of my Twitter page. Greeny with you. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Next order of business comes from the NBA. Whoa, did you see this column today? Did you see the column that Tim McMahon has up on ESPN.com today? It is jam-packed with unnamed members and former members of the Houston Rockets organization, which paints an extraordinary picture of the culture that allowed James Harden to basically run that franchise. And there are a few of the compelling quotes that were pulled out here by my news desk, and so I will just read them to you. You've got to read the whole thing, because... If you care about this stuff at all, it's fascinating. And I remember when LeBron was in Cleveland, everyone's perspective was, well, LeBron just made all the decisions. LeBron had all total say in personnel and travel and whatever else it was. And I don't have any way of telling you independently whether that was true or not, but that certainly was one of the topics that people would bring up and that when he went to Miami, Pat Riley wasn't having any of that. In this column, here are a few of the quotes from, again, unnamed members and former members of the Rockets organization about James Harden. Quote, whatever James wants goes. Quote, he's never heard no before. Quote, from a former Rockets assistant coach, we know who the boss of the organization was. That's just part of what the deal was when you go to Houston. The players, coaches, GM, owner all know. I don't blame James. I blame the organization. It's not his fault. He did what they allowed him to do. End quote. I have so many thoughts on this. One of them is as follows. They've now reached that really weird place because 
James Harden is accustomed to getting whatever he wants from the Rockets, but what he wants now is to be traded away. He wants to go to Brooklyn, play with his old buddy KD. He wants to go to Philly and play for Doc Rivers alongside Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, although someone's going to have to get traded back to Houston if these deals are going to get made. But let's put that to the side for a moment. What he wants but has no leverage to create, to force the issue, is to be traded and to be traded where he wants to go. But I will remind you, this is not like Anthony Davis in his last year in New Orleans or going back to Dwight Howard in his last year in Orlando or Carmelo Anthony his last year in Denver. Harden has multiple years left on his deal. If he wants to be paid $40 million to play basketball this season, there's only one place he can do it unless they agree, and that's Houston. So what winds up happening? I told you on this show last week. The Rockets have already traded him. They just don't know it yet. Harden can and will make it impossible for them to keep him. So to me, it is a foregone conclusion he will be traded. Now, will he be traded where he wants to go? That's an entirely separate proposition. If I'm the Rockets, I'm getting the best deal I can possibly get wherever that might be. They certainly don't owe Harden anything beyond that. That's the way the situation goes. Now, places that he might send signals to that he's not having any interest in playing or any interest in re-signing, they probably won't give up much for him. So that situation will weed itself out on its own to some degree. But the Rockets should, and I ultimately I believe will, trade him wherever they can get the best compensation. So that's the first part. The second part is that it is another reminder to me that the really great organizations find a way to work with their all-time great players, but do not just bend to their every whim. You know who did that great? Was the late, great Jerry Krause, the much maligned Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause, who everyone stood in line to make look terrible during last summer's sensational documentary film's Last Dance. And I told you then it made me sad. And what really made me sad was that Jerry Krause's family didn't get to celebrate with him when he went into the Hall of Fame. Because Jerry Krause deserved to live to see that day. They put him in posthumously. They made him wait much too long. He absolutely belongs in that Hall of Fame alongside Michael and Scotty and Phil. Because he had just as much to do with them winning all those championships. And one of the reasons they all hated Jerry Krause, make no mistake about it, was that he didn't do that. There was never any, you never heard any quotes, we all know who the boss of the organization was. That's just part of the deal when you go to Houston. Michael Jordan wasn't the boss of that organization. He was not. You saw it. You saw it in the films. And all of us who were around it know it. It was a relatively frequent source of friction that what Michael wanted, he didn't always get. Now, of course, he was the best player in the league and the most famous person in the world. I'm not saying that he didn't have any say in what happened. But he didn't just tell them to jump and they asked how high. That's not the way it was. And you know what? Had it been, they wouldn't have won six championships. They just wouldn't. First of all, Michael Jordan wanted to draft every player who ever went to North Carolina. Wouldn't have worked out that way. Terry Krause made all the right decisions. He pushed all the right buttons and they won six championships in the six years that Michael Jordan was there to help him. So to me, that is just another indication on so many different levels, of the truth of the legendary statement for which Jerry Krause has been unfairly vilified when he said players don't win championships, organizations do. And he was right then and he's still as right as he ever was 
Of course the players win it. But the organizations have to put them in the right position. First and foremost, they have to get the right players. And then the players play and the organizations organize. And that's what they haven't done in Houston. And that may well be part of the reason that they have absolutely no hardware to show for it. And now they're going to sleep in the bed that they have made. Because Harden will dictate whatever happens to him next. And if that really is the way it was and the story is extraordinarily detailed, then they deserve whatever is about to happen. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Sky's getting dark outside where I am. I'm telling you right now, we're going to get a blizzard here. Going to get a whole bunch of snow. Finish up the show here in about a half hour. Get back home as quick as I can. Sit and watch the snow fall out the window. I do like that. I'll tell you, I don't know if you share this. Have you ever lived very far from where you work? Because I have for most of my career, actually. Um, I, I lived 50 miles away from where I work every single day for something like 18 years, 19 years, more. No, like um, more like 20 years. And I, I grew to hate snow for that reason because getting to work always made me so anxious. I was so, so nervous. How early do I have to leave and all that kind of stuff? So moving the show here to the city now, it's easy, much easier to get around. I can get back and, you know, it's just not that much of a factor. So now I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make an effort this year to enjoy snow. I've become so conditioned to hate it because if you have long travel to do, it becomes such a hindrance. It's such an extraordinary factor in your life. I think I've psychologically grown to just hate snow. And I never, anytime I would hear someone, people say, oh, I love the snow. So many people love snow. So I'm gonna, this is going to be one of my goals this year. I'm going to try to love snow. Do you love snow? Hashtag Bubba. Do you love snow? I do. Yeah, I'm a fan of snow. You like the snow. See, I hate the snow. And again, I, think, I don't think I grew up hating the snow. I don't think I always hated the snow. So I think it's just the long commute. I, have, I, I guarantee you right now there are people sitting in their cars listening to this conversation nodding their heads, saying that's exactly right. When you have to commute in it, the snow is just the worst thing. So now that I don't have to deal with that as much, I'm really going to try very hard this year to embrace the snow. So that's just a quick aside. Now let me get down to business. I'm going to tell you right now who I believe are the five best teams in the National Football League, and I will tell them to you in order. 
I believe the best team in the NFL is Kansas City. I believe the second best team is the Los Angeles Rams. The third best team is New Orleans. The fourth best team is Buffalo. And the fifth best team is Green Bay. I'm sure you disagree. And at the end of the day, it doesn't make any difference because they aren't going to seed the playoffs based upon my opinion, yours, or anybody else's. They base that on a series of objective criteria that are earned on the field of play, like any reasonable sport that can, does. Now, I understand that there are some sports where that's not a possibility, and this is not in any way to denigrate them. But the ones that jump immediately to mind are gymnastics and figure skating. Those are judged. Because there's really no other way to do it. You, you, you can't just definitively say one person scored more points than another in those sports. So judges have to decide who won and who lost. And there's always been something about that that in my mind I didn't like. Again, I have, this is not in any way meant to denigrate the sports. The, the, the figure skaters and especially the gymnasts are like the best athletes in the whole world. But there's always been something a little unsatisfying to me about judges deciding who wins. You know, fights are the same way. How many times have, we, have you watched a fight on television and it goes to the judges and you, one, of the ju- one of the scores come up and you say to yourself, what the hell is that? What was he watching? That's not the same scheme, the same fight I just watched. Happens all the time, right? Now in that, we tend to usually assume that something was not on the up and up, but whatever. The point is, sports that are judged always leave me a little cold. Well, as of last night, college football is one of those sports. The 13-member committee that, that makes up these decisions on the college football playoff, literally might as well have just explained what they did last night by saying, hello, guys, here's my announcement. We just made decisions based on who we like. We, we just, I think that team is better than that team, and my entire job here, the only criteria they've given me is you choose the best teams. So I'm just giving you my opinion, and that's it. Base it on nothing, just nothing. Florida loses a game to a terrible team, throws a shoe, everything, and they lose nothing. It's like it might as well have never happened. Now, again, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. But the reason is because this has never been a good way to choose a champion in any sport. I have been saying this for years when it comes to March Madness and the NCAA tournament. They need to remove the word best and replace it with the words most deserving. In sports, you should get what you deserve. What you get should not be based on how good someone thinks you are. Like, I don't know, I'm coming up with an example. Like, like, like if, 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 if Roger Federer is playing Rafa Nadal in the finals of a tournament somewhere, they're not, we're not just going to decide ahead of time, well, I think Federer is better than Nadal, so he won no matter what the, the outcome is. And I understand that college football is not a sport that lends itself perfectly to this. Because everybody plays different schedules, and in this year of all years, people haven't played the same number of games and all that. I get it. I totally get it. They're being asked to do something very hard. But what they're being asked to do is the wrong thing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They should be being asked to determine what criteria make sense for judging these teams and then let the teams decide for you who the four most deserving are. So I've got this sheet. I love this sheet. Every week they print me this sheet, and it's got 8 million pieces of data on it. It tells me where everybody's ranking is on their offense, on their defense, on their special teams. It tells me everybody's strength of schedule, everybody's strength of record, everybody's game control. It tells me their wins against teams in the top 40. It tells me their wins against teams in the bottom 80. It tells me everything you could possibly want to know. And so a reasonable way to decide which four teams are going to wind up playing for the championship, because that's what we're deciding here, 
is who gets a chance to be the champion after all is said and done should be the most important thing. Should definitely not be done by a bunch of people getting together in a room and saying, well, I like them. Well, I like them. Okay, well, the eyes have it. They go. That just doesn't make sense. Who thinks that's a good idea? The much better idea would be for those 13 people to say, here are the most important things. I'm going to vote based on strength of record, strength of schedule, Conference championships are going to matter to me. See, all those things are good. Those are subjective. When people say to me, oh, Greeny, you're advocating for the computers making the decision. No, I'm not. The computers give you the information. And then you decide which pieces of the information matter the most. But there are things on here that are so nonsensical that the only legitimate explanation for them can be, I voted based on my opinion. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I've said it a million times if I've said it once. That is a terrible way to make these decisions, and someone needs to do something about it. Bubba, I would like to form a committee to look into a way of doing something different about this, and if you have the time in your busy schedule, I'd like you to chair that committee. Do you have the time to do that? Yeah, I think I have the time. You seem like just the person to do that. I think we need need a disheveled radio board operator um, to, to sit down and make these. Am I making sense to you? Are the things I'm saying making sense to you? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Well, well said. Thank you very much, Bubba. This has been a good talk. I hope that we can do this again sometime soon. Perfect. I'm ready to go. Ready to chair. Ready to go. Okay. So we'll talk about snow as well. Yeah. uh, The snow. Okay. You hate the snow. No, I like the snow. Now you say you like the snow, but I know that down deep inside you hate the snow. No. See, the I like. I'm a. I like the seasons. So I like. You know, I don't like. I don't like the snow nonstop, but I like the seasons. Let me ask you a question. Do you prefer spring or fall? fall oh see you're out of your mind see if you the reason that i like the spring better than the fall is because when it's spring i get to think to myself oh when the summer is coming i mean i like them all that's the thing i like all the seasons i like fall i like like winter i like spring i like summer you're a lunatic your your problem is you realize that you're you're insane because the, the 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 liking of winter i've never understood from people i really don't i don't understand the liking of it i'm trying my hardest to not be that guy but i hate it as, as it gets cold, I hate it. As the days get shorter, I hate it. I don't know how you don't walk around depressed all the time in this. Well, I would say, I mean, I, I enjoy now the Christmas time is an enjoyable time. I'm not going to say I, I love, uh, you know, the middle of February when mm-hmm. it's negative 20. I'm not going to say I love Correct. that time. Those, those times could be a bit rough. Let's but- have this conversation, Bubba, when you were scraping ice off your windshield with a credit card. You, let's, let's have this conversation again. You tell me how much you love the winter and all the seasons. But that leads to spring, which is then a great time. Then spring comes, like, hey, spring, great. Okay, let's leave that there for the moment. So here's what I want to do. I want to open the phones at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, because we do a feature here on the show called The Airing of Grievances. And with it being almost holiday time and everything else, I want to do the opposite. And another Seinfeldism, I want to do the opposite. Let's do the airing of appreciation. I'd like you to call me and I would like you to tell me something you appreciate. Something in sports can be anything. Can be something about your team, can be something about a player, about a coach, about a sport, about a league, about whatever it is you want to be. But let's air some appreciation. Let's put some good vibes out there on a day that it's about to be a blizzard and I'm freezing my tuchus off. Let, let's just hear some good vibes. So let's, let's have an airing of appreciation at 888-729-3776. Let's do it next right here on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny with you here reminding you that hiring can be challenging, especially with everything else you have to consider today. But there's one place where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, and that place is ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny, at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay. So the rest of the show belongs to you. So, you know, we usually do the airing of grievances on this program, which is a Seinfeldism and it just sort of goes hand in hand with being a sports fan, I think. But today feels, it just felt to the staff and me like it was a day to try something different. Let's try the airing of appreciation. You know, it's getting cold. It's getting towards that holiday season. We're all going to be doing our thing here. It's been the end of a long, tough year for so many of us. Let's just talk about the things we appreciate in the world of sports, whatever it might be. Could be a team, could be a player, could be anything you want. The airing of appreciation at 888-SAY-ESPN. Let's jump on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Bubba, who is our first to air their appreciation? Yeah, first up, we have Spencer. All right, Spencer, you're on ESPN Radio. Who do you appreciate? Yeah, Greeny, first off, I'm right there with you. I've grown up most of my life in Utah. I hate the snow, and I moved to southern Utah where it doesn't snow, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate my BYU Cougars being 10-1 this season. Thanks. Okay, well done. I like it. See, just airing it feels good. Feels good. A little something happy. It's not quite as spicy as the grievances, but let's see what we can find. Dr. Pepper call in line. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Brian. Brian, air a little appreciation. I appreciate the fact that the Chiefs are the number one team in the AFC and um, that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end to ever play the game. How about I can't even imagine what it must be like to root for that team. I really can't. Like, nothing that good has ever happened in my life. I, I, I just can't imagine it. Like, we, the, being able to say the words out loud, we have Patrick Mahomes, like, I don't even know what that would be like. It, it's, it's unfathomable to me. And Kelsey is great, and Tyreek Hill is great, and all of them are great. But it's all about the quarterback. You're not only going to be, you're not only good now, you're going to be thankful for that guy for the next 15 years, at minimum. It's almost too good to be imagined. 
All right, who is next, Bubba, on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? Jonathan is next. Jonathan, here's some appreciation. Hey, Greeny. Yep, so University of Miami alum, and um, while we haven't won a trophy in a long time, we have set the trend in college football, whether it's coming out of the smoke. Somebody told me years ago that if it wasn't for the University of Miami, nobody would be throwing up the four in the fourth quarter. And I think every iteration of our turnover chain um, is top-notch. So I may not get a national championship trophy, but I know I can look forward to a new turnover chain in 2021. Have a great day. All right. I like it. It's a good thing to be appreciative of. Um, I mean, it's not a lot of spice. Guys, we need to figure out a way to spice up the appreciation. Like, I, 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 I get that it was not going to be the same thing as the negative, angry takes that we're accustomed to getting. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out how to make this feel spicier. Let's get one more in here. Bubba, give me one more. All right. Let's go to Jared. Jared, you're on ESPN Radio. Jared, for whom would you like to show some appreciation? I'd like to show a little appreciation for uh, Sam Darnold. He he seems to be on a losing team, and uh, he still wants to be a dead there. And uh, you got to like that about the guy. All right, that's well done. That's it's a good appreciation. I couldn't understand a word you said, but I appreciate the call. Okay, that was good. Here's what we've learned. Hashtag Bubba. Let's 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 chat for a minute. Here's what we've learned. You know the old adage. <laughs> You know, in, in media, they teach you, you know, if it bleeds, it leads and all of these terrible things, all the terrible things they say about the media. Here, I'm trying to do something a little nicer, make us all feel better. Answer me honestly. Was that boring? Were you bored by that? Because frankly, I, I lost the ability to listen somewhere in the middle of that. <laughs> I, I can't I can't pretend that that wasn't just a tad on the boring side. So you learn something new every single day. Appreciation is not as much fun as it should be. Yeah, you know, it doesn't it doesn't grab you quite as much as, hey, give me your grievance. Right. What are you mad about? Correct. You know, when someone's literally saying, I'm appreciative of a turnover chain, <laughs> it, it doesn't really... Uh, <laughs> That's where I kind of lost me then. When I'm appreciative of the four fingers going up for the fourth quarter. That's when I kind of yes. I kind of checked out at that point when he's appreciative of that one. In its own way, I suppose it is what makes the Festivus episodes of Seinfeld so brilliant because if 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 if, if Frank Costanza had gotten up there and said and and Festivus begins with the airing of appreciation, it would not have been funny. If he had gotten up there and said, I love all of you people, and now you're going to hear about it, that would have been like every Christmas movie that they were making fun of in the first place. I know we haven't won in a while, but I'm appreciative of the smoke that they run out on the field to. You really had a problem with that one in particular, didn't you? That one kind of lost you, didn't it? Hashtag Bubba. That's kind of where I lost it. Well, you know what? In its own way, this turned into yours and my little airing of grievances, and in its own way, perhaps that worked out well. Besides that, I would like to say that I am very appreciative of everyone who called today, of everybody who spent the afternoon with us here, and let's see what winds up going from here. It's a huge sports weekend coming up. Obviously, the college football games this weekend mean everything. NFL game tomorrow night. The Raiders desperately need to turn things around, so we'll have Plenty of coverage of that. NBA season's just a few days away. So I am very appreciative of the fact that we have a ton of sports to cover and we'll continue to do it here. If you're in the in the path of the snow like I am, stay safe, stay warm. I'll see you back in better than ever tomorrow for Get Up and back here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.